Okay, <clears throat> so we're on Mem Zayin Amalauf. More on the top of Mukseh and leading off from yesterday, where we introduced the topic of a basis. Basis means a base, which we all should know by now. If I have something that is a non muksa item, that's a base for a, a muksa item, then it's going to uh, be a problem. So, here we go. He allowed me to carry a, um, um, I don't know how you say it in, 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 in English, Chaim. What's that thing Chaim, we used to have in the old days when people used to smoke, they used to knock their ashes into something? Ma'afera, ma'afera. Ma'afera. <clears throat> What's that in English? I forgot, it's been a long time. Estray, estray. Estray, right, right. Ashtray, right. So there's this thing that they used to sell in America. It used to be called an ashtray when people used to smoke. So he allowed him to carry the ashtray, even though it had ashes inside. Okay? So he allowed him to carry ashtrays with ashes inside. <clears throat> okay? That's what Reb Zeras <coughs> heard from Abbasi, who <coughs> heard from Yochanan. So I'm a little Zeras, Abbasi. Yomar Yochanan, how did Yochanan really say that? Vatanan. We have Mishnah later on. No tell Adam Beno, you're allowed to carry your son. The Evan Biado, he has a rock in his hand. Rocks on Mukseh. Your kid's holding a rock. Can you carry your kid with a rock in his hand? Or Kilkala, where I have a basket of fruit, Vevim Tochan has a rock inside of it. So it says you're allowed to. Mar Barbachanam Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, you know why you can carry it? Because I let, I let the cat out of the bag. It wasn't just a regular. It wasn't a regular, uh, it wasn't an empty basket. It was kakalam le perotaskin. And that's the rule. If I have a basis and it has a drawer and I have in the drawer my phone that cost a hundred dollars, my glasses that cost six hundred dollars, I'm allowed to open and close the door, drawer, because the drawer has in it mutar and asur. So the Rabbi Yochanan said the only time you could carry your son and, um, the only time, the sun's really not the issue right now, but the only time you can carry the basket with the rock in it is it has fruits inside. Time to pay pay, let the pay low. So how could Rabbi Yochan allow me to carry the ashtray with ashes inside of it if he didn't let me carry the fruit basket with a rock in it unless it had fruit in it? Ishtomem Sha'achada. Rav Asi stood there dumbfounded for a while. And he came with the following answer. There were little chips when they used to burn. This wasn't a regular ashtray that you just put your ashes in. It would burn incense. So this incense tray full of ashes had little chips of frankincense in it. So because it it had little chips of frankincense in it, that made it more chashuv than the ashes. And again, when I have a basis of a asur and heter, if I have a more expensive heter item in there or a more chashuv heter item, it balances it out. That's not a good answer. We're in Rebbe's house. Rebbe was the one that allowed him to do it. And, and, and Rebbe was one of the wealthiest men, the wealthiest man of his time. So it's like saying you were in, uh, I don't know, you were in Reichman's house and, uh, you know, he's saving some, uh, he's saving soda bottles, uh, you know, the, the five cent soda bottles to return back to the, uh, to the shop, right? Wealthy people don't do that. So therefore in Rebbe's house, Little leftover, uh, frankincense chip in the ashtray has no value. 
I'm going to buy a cartoon by Rebbe Michashibis. You can't tell me I'm allowed to carry the ashtray, even though ash is a mukseh, because there's frankincense chips. Frankincense chips are not mukseh. Maybe you're going to tell me it's fit for the poor. The only time I'm allowed, <clears throat> the only time a patch that's only for a poor person is not mukseh, that's for the poor person. So you don't say, well, poor people like frankincense, so therefore Rebbe's frankincense was not mukseh. Not true, because I go by each person individually. And since in Rebbe's house, in Rebbe's house, the frankincense had no value, what right do you have to carry the ashtray with ashes and frankincense? So we're still stuck. We're still stuck. That's our problem. Again, these are all the Yisodot of Basis. I'm telling you right here, right now. Yisod number one is, if it's only Basis Yisor, it's Asur. Yisod number two is, if it's Yisor Veheter, it depends. Who's more important? The Yisor or the Heter? Who's more important? The Yisor or the Heter? Eddie? Eddie? Yes, Rabbi. Why is it always Eddie? Because you're my pet. Oh. Continue. So, uh, could you give me a practical example of a drawer with two things inside of it, and one's muktzeh and one's not, and you can open the drawer because one's more chashu than the other? You have your, uh, I don't know, your iPhone and your Swanee watch. Mm, very nice. Very nice. So, example. they're both chashu, but the Swanee watch... Is more, it depends who your father-in-law is, you know? Joe, you just, yeah. Joe, you have a Sweeney watch there? Joe Kesri? Joe Kesri doesn't have one, but his wife definitely has one. Joe, you have a Sweeney watch? Yeah. Yeah? Eddie wants to know if it's more expensive than your iPhone. Joe, from Chaim? It's more I'm expensive. Sure. Yeah, it is. I'm not okay, so sure. Is. Coming yeah. from Chaim, I'm not sure. Okay. Hi, oh. So I'm saying, Eddie, you have to give you have to give an example that works for everybody, Eddie. So bottom line, the point is that you have to right. It depends. You have to analyze each case. That's my point. You can't. There's no general rule. There's no general rule. You have to make sure the two items or the general. You could have six items. You could have one of those Mercedes Benz keys in your drawer. I don't know what they cost, but they cost money. Those Mercedes Benz keys. What? That could turn your whole. Probably cost more than your car. It could turn the whole. The whole drawer into mukses. You have to evaluate the situation before you open the drawer. Good. That's our point. I think we Wait, got it here. What? I see. Okay, fine. So let's continue. <clears throat> so we're still stuck. We're still stuck. How was Rebbe allowing Rav Ruminus to move the ashtray with ashes on Shabbat? I'm Rabbi, I'll tell you why. You're allowed to move a dirty diaper, even though it's mukseh, because it's discussed, it's, it's, it's called a, it's called literally, it means a, a pot of dung. If there's a potty in the room, you could take it out. Technically, it's mukseh, the rabbis allowed it. Amarav, I don't like that answer. Number one, chada, gershrei ma'is. Gershrei means something disgusting. This, this ashtrays with, with ashes are not disgusting. Number one. Hilo ma'is, vod. Gershrei migli. A gershrei is revealed. This one is mixy, it's covered. So you can't use the Gareth Shalray rule just like that. It's not simple. Again, I'm not going to go through. I'll give you another common example. 
a, a, a shell of a um, uh, garinim, sunflower seeds. Those shells are mukseh. Now, how do you carry the shells that are, you pile a plate up? Well, in Israel, they just leave them on the floor. But um, but in, in America, they put them on plates. So how do you carry, Yochanan, that wasn't meant for you. So how do you, Yochanan, so how do you carry the plate out with the, with the, with the, um, sunflower seeds on it on Shabbat if it's, it's mukseh? You mix them with the good ones. Oh, very good. Very good. Yochanan knows. You leave, before you start, so listen to this rule. I saw this, uh, in Chamencion's family that did this. Before you eat your pistachio nuts, you take your plate, you put a good pistachio nut on it. Then you pile it up with the shells that are worthless, and then you can carry it to the garbage and spill it out because the one whole pistachio is more kashu than the shells. You got that trick, Soli? Sol? One more time. You all can explain to him one more time? You take the plate, you put some good ones, and then you can pile the, the garbage on the top of it. So it's not muktzeh because since you have some good ones in the plate... Some useful, so it's, so it's useful, right? The, the, no, no, the no, no. It's, you, it's always you have to evaluate the value. Whenever mm-hmm. I look at this base, what's more important? The heter, the, the permissible item, or the muktzeh item? So the one, the one full pistachio nut is more expensive than all the shells. And therefore, I can carry the plate with both on them. So, Got Eddie, it. Eddie, yes, Rabbi. Are you are you Soli's official mentor? Uh, you're gonna have to ask him. I think you are. So, I, if I were you, I would suggest to him that he should sign up if there's ever available a Hilchot Shabbat course. I think you should tell him to sign up. You just okay, him. Rabbi. Soli, just you got that, Eddie? Yes, Rabbi. Share that with Soli. Maybe you should join Hilchot Shabbat class. It could be a good idea. I know Samantha gives a great This is one. a good start, no? I mean, isn't this... Yeah, it's, you're getting a little bit tidbits. You're not really learning in depth. Yeah, Samantha Sasson does give a good one. Okay, let's continue. Um, this is getting a little out of hand here, Eddie. A little too much. Okay. Well, the rabbi's asking the questions. I'm just trying to listen. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Okay. So that's that's the problem over here. We have to make sure that it's ma'us. So it's ma'us. It's, you could take it out. If it's, now, the question is... I'm sorry, we... Is, is what happens if I have a pile of pistachio nuts or shells on my table and I don't have the good one? There's some people might say you could take it off because it's disgusting. It's maus. It's maus, maybe. So you heard that now? It's disgusting. That's another rule. It's disgusting. That's the diaper rule. You're allowed to take a diaper out. You can, you can throw in the garment. Right. Okay. But in this case, the ashes are not disgusting and the ashes were covered. So again, we're back to the drawing board. This is our whole goal over here. Why did Rebbe allow Reb Nunes to take, Reb Ruminus to take the ashtray out? Everything we're trying to work isn't working. We thought the reason is going to be because uh, there's, there's a heter item. No, the heter item is not important. We thought it's a garish ray. It's not a garish ray. So what's the problem? What's the answer? You know what the answer is? The ashes were not muks. In those days, they used to use ashes to cover things with. These were designated non-mukseh ashes. So what's the chidush? Because there were little wood chips in there that were mukseh. So you're allowed to carry the, this ashtray, even though it had some wood chips that were mukseh, because this ashes were designated. You could designate a mukseh item before Shabbat. You could designate a rock to make it a paperweight. So if you you could designate dirt for something else. Hold on one second, guys. Yeah, hello? 
What do we got? He's in. Okay, sorry. Okay, so now that that's our answer. That's our answer. It had it, it, fine. Now Metive, hold on, still not working. Got another problem. Keep on throwing wrenches in over here. Metive, Vishavin, Rabbi Yudana, Bishimon agree. Shemyesh ba. If a candle has shivrei pitila, broken pieces of a wick, asula taltel, because the open broken piece of the wick on mukseh, and it's a basis. So I see from here you can't carry it even with the oil. And the oil is probably more expensive than the wick is. In Galil, there was a shortage of flax. And flax was what they used to use for wicks. So therefore, a used wick was a commodity. And therefore, you couldn't carry the candle with the oil because the wick was more important than the oil. And therefore, the wick was a commodity. And it would outbalance the heter item. So again, you're seeing over here how exact we have to be and how personalized it is. That means it might have been, it might have been that six weeks ago, if you had, uh, your drawer and in your drawer, you had a pen that cost you, uh, I don't know, four dollars and you had a mask, which cost 86 cents. Can't open the drawer. Now the pen went down to a dollar because nobody's writing anymore. And the mask went up to $4. So when you're in Corona town, masks are expensive. So th- there's a constant variation in value. And we can't give you one rule about basis. You have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. Good. Next story. The Gemara previously talked about carrying the menorah with pieces. And there's a fear maybe it will fall down and break up. And you'll have to redo it. Okay? So now the Gemara is going to go back to that discussion. Levi Bar Shmuel. Levi Bar Shmuel, Ashkechinul Rabbi Abba, found Rabbi Abba, Rav Huna Bar Chia, Davukaimu Apitcha Debei Rav Huna. They were standing <coughs> on the doorway of Rav Huna. Amalahu, Maula Achzir, can I put together, Mita Shel Tarsiyim. It was a certain bed that was that the, the uh, copper, uh, Copper smelters would use that was made out of pieces on Shabbat. I mean, this is like a take apart, uh, cot kind of thing. You're allowed to do that. Whoa. You put it together, you're building. You're building. You put together this bed, you're building. Gotta be careful. Gemara says, Somebody, so now again, we have a machlok and a morahim about putting the, the bed back together. Now we're going to ask on one of them from a brighta. So metive, we know always, we should know by now from our skills-based curriculum. Metive is always a question. Anamar amora from Atana. So I got a brighta here. You put together the menorah, you chayav chatat. Kenei sayadin, the... Um, the um the Sayadim, these were people that used to uh put plaster on it. And they had a long stick, like today, when you want to put plaster on a roof. And they take the one stick and they put it to the next stick and they can make it bigger and longer. Long, you know, you'd add 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 sections and, and subtract sections from this uh they have it today on certain tripods, like you can add pieces. So in that case, Loyakzir, but so some things are more, uh, since they used to always take it apart and, 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 and it's, it's temporary, that's only the Rabbanan. Things that are more permanent was a chatat. 
Rav Simeon, Karen Agula, there was a certain um, type of part that they would put together in a musical instrument. You put it together, Chayav, you Chayav. Karen Pshuta, the one that's straight, Patur. So again, the different type of instruments, not for now. But the point is, bottom line, I see that this bed that's more like the menorah should be chayav chatat. And how could the other rabbis say that you're allowed to do it? So the Ramah says, you're right. This bright uh, is in contradiction to Ravi Abba and Ravuna Bachia. But we could still answer it up. Inuda mur kihai tana. They hold like the following tana. The tanya, malbeno tamita, the feet of the bed. Um, so they used to have this like, um, it's more like, um, what do you call it? You have this sometimes in the bottom of chairs. Sometimes you, put, you don't want the chair to drag on the floor. You put this little like uh, like a cup or something into the bottom of the chair. So you put something into the bed of the, 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 into the foot of the bed. And they put them there so that the bed wouldn't get moldy. The karotamita and the bed uh, legs themselves. Vlavachim shel skibas, these... Um, um, that Mr. Braha, what's Levachim Shel Skibas in English? Some type of, something having to do with the uh, arrow. I'm not exactly sure they would attach something to the arrow and the bone arrow kind of. Never... Let's get the English words here. Mr. Braha, unmute you. Yeah? Crossbow nuts. What? Let me see what the Bible. English and again? Crossbow nuts. Crossbow nuts. Okay, there's a crossbow. That's the item that goes like this, the crossbow. And it seems they would add things. Let's see what the bottom says there. What does the bottom say? The nut is notched, a notched piece of wood that attaches to a crossbow and serves to guide the arrow. Okay, so all of these things, all of these things that we listed now, loyachzir, don't put them back. patur avalasur. So that's another Tana that argues. He holds like that, Tana. You shouldn't put it in tightly. If it's loose, you could put it in. Uh, so you see this in Machloka Tana about putting these things together. So these two rabbis are arguing based on the, if it was put in, in and in, if it wasn't put in uh, strongly, the whole like of Shimon Gamliel, it's okay. Rabchama's house there was this bed that was a take-apart bed. They would put it together on Yom Tov. What are you thinking? That this is considered a shinui, and therefore it's not a problem. It might be, not being but So again, we have two opinions. If you're allowed to put together one of these put together items, if it's loose, if it's tight, you can't. Uh, I'll give you an example where this shows up. Um, we'll get, call on someone else because um, give someone else a chance over here. Stephen Dweck. Sure. Steve. Steve. Yeah. You ever see one of these dining room tables that you uh, expand and, and 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 contract? Right. So they, you have, you have an open and close, and you like put another piece in there. The leaves, right? What do they call the leaves? Very good, good word. The leaves, the leaves of the table. So that falls into this discussion. 
There's a little hole in the in the in the other in the in the main permanent table. There's a little peg in the leaf, and now you put them together on Shabbat. So in that case, they would tell you just, just like slide it together lightly. Don't jam it in that it's tight, because that might be a problem on Shabbat. Because anytime you're building something together, a put together piece piece item, you get into these problems that we're discussing now. <clears throat> Anyone else have any other examples, modern day examples uh, <laughs> of this case? Raise your hand if you have a modern day example besides what I just gave of putting things together on Shabbat that if you do it tightly might create a problem. Nobody? Okay, if you take out the four volume, Eddie, Eddie, that's a nice, uh, Ed? Is that temporary when you put the leaf in? No, but if it's, if it's tight, I don't care if it's temporary, if it's tight and you gotta start, my table that I have, if once you put it in, you gotta start, you need one guy on each end of the table yanking and pulling to separate, it gets in tight. So that's a problem. Tight's always a problem. Um, you can maybe take out the grade book, Eddie, for homework tomorrow, the Ribiat book. Maybe he'll give us some examples. You call Michael. He, he knows better than I do. Michael's an expert in the culture. You can even text him now. Uh, yeah. Mr. Braha. What, what, what category would it be in the grade book, Rabbi? It would go probably on the building, somewhere in building. Okay. In building. <clears throat> yes, uh, Mr. Braha, I'm trying to unmute you. Not a lot. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Wouldn't this be um, similar to a person who knows how to make a professional tight and a loose and a loose bow? Um, I'm not sure that with knots they discuss professional, unprofessional. I'm not sure what's going on here. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Um, fine. New Mishnah. <clears throat> <clears throat> You can put a vessel under a candle to catch the sparks, because we said before sparks are not tangible. Don't put water in the in the item to catch the sparks. Neshumechabed puts it out. Um, I feel bad. It looks like someone's joining now. I did not know. Um, who is this? Albo Inyano. Hollywood, how you doing? Hey, Hollywood. We're starting at eight fifteen. We're starting Chavrut tonight. If you hear from okay, me. you got it. I'll call you back. Hello, hello. Yes, sir. We're doing the daf now. You can join oh. for the few minutes if you okay, want. Okay, I'll uh, recap from this morning. Go ahead. Okay, you'll help us out because we're really not very good over here. Uh-huh. Okay, so now, right now, we're learning the, the last Mishnah on the Pedic that you're allowed to put a vessel to catch the sparks, but don't put water in that vessel because it's going to end up extinguishing the sparks. But ask the Gemara, how can I put, we had this before, how can I put the vessel to catch the sparks? We're assuming now that when the sparks are mukseh, when they hit the plate, it's going to make the plate have to stay in that spot like we had by the oil a few pages ago. And the answer we're giving now is the same answer we did before. Sparks do not have any real, uh, sparks don't have any, any tangibility to them. The next thing the Mishnah is, don't put water in the cup to catch the sparks because it's mechabet, it's extinguishing the sparks. It sounds like the Stam Mishnah is like a Yossi that says, because when you put this, the, the cup there to catch the sparks, you're not extinguishing it. You're a indirect extinguisher because you're putting something there. It means let's say I have, there's a fire. Forget about it, it's not a dangerous fire. There's a fire. Uh, someone has a cigarette and he, and he uh, puts it down and he wants the cigarette to go out. So can I put water, pour a cup of water at one end of the table, 
and the water will slowly go down the table, and now it'll put out the cigarette. I didn't do it directly, it's indirectly. So it sounds like Amish now holds like that, because you're not directly putting out the sparks, and we still say don't put the cup under it. But Tisbra, how are you thinking? When did he say indirects aloud? That's Bishabbat. Shabbat Miyamar. Over here we're talking about seemingly Amish Nas told me now to put the vessel on Friday. Why can't I put the vessel on Friday? You want to tell me that Bishabbat, Amish Nas only on Shabbat? You're allowed to put a vessel, an empty vessel to catch the sparks on Shabbat. You could put a vessel to catch the sparks on Friday. But you should not put water in it because you're extinguishing. Even on Friday, I'm not allowed to do it. So why can I do it on Friday? Why can't I put a cup with water to catch sparks on Friday? Even Rabbanan that say I'm allowed to extinguish things directly. That means this is not called indirect. It's considered direct because it's going right in. It's direct. And the reason why we don't let you do it on Friday is because you can do it on Friday, you might do it on Shabbat. So it's Rukizera. You know how to put the, 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 the glass to accept the, the spark on Friday because maybe it's going to happen on Shabbat. That's the end of our third pedic. And, um, Hajanah Kira, we'll come back to Kira now. Kira talked about two major Gezera de Rabbanans. One we called Shihia. Don't leave something on a fire before, before Shabbat because you might soak the coals, and it depended if it was cooked or not cooked. The other one was chazara, returning something on Shabbat. In order to do that, I have to have, everyone agrees, I have to either remove the ashes, which is called garuf, remove the coals, I'm sorry, or katum, put ashes on top. I have to do something to my fire in order to return something on Shabbat. The third discussion, rabbinically, is called hatmana. I'm not allowed to insulate. I'm not allowed to insulate and that the decree of insulating is two types of insulating. One insulating with a heat generator, which is called Mosif Haval, and one which is insulating with a non-heat generator, which is called not Mosif Haval. And something that's a heat generator, you can't even do on Friday. I can't wrap my soup on Friday in an electric blanket because it's a heat generator. Why? Because any heat generator will be confused with coals and you'll stoke the coals. On Shabbat, I can't wrap something even in a non-heat generator. Another problem, I'm afraid that while you're wrapping it, you're going to want it to be hot and you'll heat it up. That means if you come home on Friday night and you have a bowl of, and you have a pot of whatever your meat is, a pot of a stew, and your guests are, your son's coming home late, you got stuck somewhere. Let me wrap the pot in a towel on Shabbat, wrap a hot pot in a towel. You may not do that. That's called hatmana. You can't wrap something in a towel on Shabbat, even though it's off the fire, even though the fire, the, the towel is not adding heat. So now the Gemara is going to, the Mishnah is going to go through the different items, which are heat generators and which are not. And that's the name of the parrot. Bema Tomnin. With what am I allowed to insulate? Umay Tomnin. What can I insulate with? And now they're going to give you the list of heat generators. Ain Tomnin. Number one, do not do hatmana. Bitloba Gefet. Not with the residue of olives or, or sesame seeds that are left over after the pressing. Because they generate heat. Well, not with manure, which generates heat. All these things have acid and it generates heat. Well, not with salt. Well, not with plastic. Well, not with sand. Ben lachin, whether it's dry, wet, ben whether it's dry. 
Lo b'teven, not with straw. Lo b'zagin, not with the leftovers of grapes. Lo b'mochin, and not with any type of cotton, with any type of down. Lo b'asavin, not with grass. B'zman shein lachin, when they're moist. Double tomlin b'hem, you could insulate with the grass and the and the um, down. K'shen yeveshin. Ibailo. The Rai asks a question. Gefet shall zeitim tonight. I'm going to use the word gefet. Is it olive gefet? The word term gefet can come from two things. Residue is allowed. It's talking about the sesame seed, which is not as severe, but Koshkin is surely the Zaytim. Tashma, I'll prove it to you. The said in the name of someone from Rabbianai's Beit Midrash, Kupa a basket, Shetamanba, that you insulated in a pot with something that is not a heat generator. I can't take the pot that's wrapped, I have my potted chicken soup, I wrapped it in the towel, I can't put it on top of my gefet of zeitim because it's a heat generator. That's another chidush. This is another very important halakha. If something is on your blech, which is a heat generator, you can't insulate it, even though the insulation is not a heat generator, but it's on top of the fire, which is a heat generator. So you cannot go, there's a whole discussion, I'm not going to get into it now, they have these urns that have a, that have a sleeve, you put a sleeve on top of the urn to insulate it, is that a problem on Shabbat? Because the urn is a heat generator. You're putting a sleeve on top, but you're insulating it. Anytime you wrap something on Shabbat, or even on Friday, with a heat generator package, it's a problem. So the case over here they gave is I wrap my chicken soup in a pot. I wrap my chicken soup in a towel. And I put it on top of a pile of gefet. But they use the term olive gefet, which means only olive gefet is a heat generator, not sesame seed. That's what they're suggesting. I says, no, not, you didn't prove it to me. I'll really tell you in Hatmana, If you're wrapping it in sesame seed, it's a problem even sesame seed. But Linyan, Asuke, Havla, here weren't wrapping in the, in the olives. We're wrapping the towel and putting it on top of the olives. It means to actually, the heat should rise. Sesame seeds won't cause heat to rise. So if I put my towel on top of the sesame seeds, it's, the heat's not going to rise. But if I wrap it in sesame seeds, that's for sure a problem. And we will stop our daf over here on Mem Chet Amur Aleph.